are now listening to Digital Doorways, where our audience learns from our expert guests as we explore their experiences with branding, transformation, and change. Unlock the digital doorways and embark on a journey of knowledge and growth. Now here is our host, Blue Text founder, Jason Siegel. Welcome to Digital Doorways, where we explore change and the inspiring journey of Brad Nirenberg, a true pioneer in creating experiences that embrace change on the ground, in the sky, and way beyond. As the driving force behind the philanthropic program Chance for Life, Brad's unwavering passion and experiential talents support pediatric cancer, drawing star power from celebrities like Rob Gronkowski and John McEnroe. Day in and day out, Brad donates his expertise to make Chance for Life a reality, just as he does for leading brands of the world through Red Peg Experiential Marketing, a 25-year-old powerhouse in experiential marketing. Driven by his keen eye for change, Brad's excitement soared when he saw the skies filled with choreographed drones, leading to the creation of a new venture, Pixis Drones, where he explores new heights of creativity, crafting oversized drone choreographed experiences that leave audiences in awe. Join us as we delve into the captivating world of Chance for Life, Red Peg, Pixis, and much, much more. Discover how Brad Nierberg's dedication and commitment to making a difference have shaped industries and touched countless lives. Welcome to Digital Doorways. And thanks so much for joining us, Brad, on today's episode of Digital Doorways. I'm going to just jump right into it. Can you share a pivotal moment? Talk to us about an experience that brought significant change in your life and ultimately led to the creation of Red Peg, your experiential agency? Well, I, it, I'd i say there were a variety of different pieces of that puzzle that came together after I had uh, left college and I uh, was working, I worked on the Hill in, in politics for uh, a couple of years and I realized that wasn't the right thing for me. And I was running a bar in Georgetown and I was in charge of putting on promotions and I learned how people made decisions at the bar and the brands that they were going to select based on different promotions, signage, bartender incentives, feature pricing. And I was really interested in how I started really getting interested in how people made their decisions about brands and how I could affect the flow of, of brands through these different channels. And um, then I became a Miller Lite rep on the streets of Washington, D.C., switching people from Bud Light to Miller Lite. And I was creating experiences and promotions to create um, a Millite experiences. And after a couple of years of doing this, people knew me around town as Millite Brad, and I was truly the brand personified. And I came to every event with some form of experience that could, well, it was ticket giveaways, t-shirts, promotions. I would be creative, concepts I'd come up with. Uh, everything to drive volume to the account or more people to the account and people saw value in the experience I created. And I realized that, you know, this experience that we created was truly driving the, the distribution sales and adoption of the Millite brand in the DC market. And so I really fell in love with creating experiences for people to then adopt brands. So how could you do that creatively? So 
After working for GMR, one of the leading experiential marketing agencies in the in the world, I um, I decided I think that I could do it better because of my experience of doing it on the grassroots level. And I started a Red Peg as a really creative staffing agency, an agency that would be doing the bodies on the ground, but always coming up with creative, innovative ideas on how to make you know, those, those brands uh, pull through. So we started in the, in the liquor and beer space. And then as I recognized that, you know, experiential marketing was a new area that was going to always exist way beyond any digital radio, uh, whatever the internet had to offer, it would never provide the one-on-one interaction that is so powerful. And I always thought it was the most powerful way to have consumers, um, learn about brands through experiences. So that's why I started uh, Red Peg Marketing. Awesome beginnings. And <laughs> so much of the challenges that were brought to you were for, you know, a for-profit mission for these brands. But And you're known so much for, you know, national award-winning, amazing work. But one of the great things that this community nationally and in Washington, D.C. knows you for is for Chance for Life, which is not a mission for profit, but a real philanthropic effort around pediatric cancer. Talk to me about how you came up with this idea, what inspired you, um, and just let's expand on that because that's just an amazing uh, platform uh, that you've accomplished. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. You know, Chance for Life has been born over 17 years. It's grown over 17 years, and uh, it's it started really the inspiration was truly behind one of my, my best friend's daughter, uh, Jeff Snyder, his daughter, Kennedy was, um, I was his, I was her godfather and he was my best friend through college and worked with me at Red Peg and uh, his daughter at age two was diagnosed with spinal cord cancer. And um, it was not a very um, positive outlook. She had to have surgery, you know, immediately after um, finding this out. And, um, I felt for my best friend, I'm like, what can we do to support him? And it wasn't really about the money. It was about showing my friend support that we've got all these people in DC that care about him. And um, he had lived with me in DC and I said, okay, I'm going to just do a party. I want to do something that was going to be uplifting, something that was going to you know, celebrate you know, her life and our lives together. And I said, I'm going to do something different than the you know, we've all been to a lot of galas, a white tablecloth experience. I said, that's not what we want to create. We want to create something that's, that's got energy. Um, I thought about, you know, competition always creates energy. And I said, um, how do you get people sitting around, uh, sitting around and engaging in a, in a positive way? And I thought of poker. So I said, okay, I'm going to create a poker tournament. And, um, you know, it started out with just 50, 60 people. And, you know, that was right after Kennedy had the surgery. And the next year, I think it was uh, just, she was turning four and we had about, we Kennedy survived the surgery and she was going through chemotherapy and radiation. And she came down and walked around to everybody in the table, every table. She walked around, you know, and said, thank you for coming. And, you know, everybody connected with what we were doing there. It was truly trying to save this little girl's life. And, this little girl was fighting for her life and uh, was going through so much hardship. I think that everybody connected the dots and realized that, you know, we're very um, 
it created perspective in everybody's lives. And I think they realized that there's a lot uh, that no matter how bad or challenged you have, there's um, let's this event created perspective. And um, I think everybody was grateful for those moments with Kennedy and every year Kennedy survived. She was a fighter and she came down as a beautiful girl. And we had hundreds of photos all over the walls, um, you know, about, uh, you know, of her and, it was her party every year and we celebrated her life every year. And uh, people came to the event, felt great after the experience and said, well, you got to come to this next time. It's an amazing event because it was such an emotional experience that people had a great time, celebrated her life, raised money for an important cause that they saw right in front of her. And it grew year after year to 400 people, 600 people. And then we went to the MGM uh, in 2018 and we had, 800 poker players. And we, then we added a party afterwards. That was another 2,500 people with celebrity chefs from all over DC. And, you know, we created a, just an incredible experience. And I kept on every year. I said, how do I make this better? How do I make this a better experience for the people that came here? And I always came around. It's gotta be some form of, uh, I just had to exceed everybody's expectation each year to make them want to come back the next year and bring other people to show. I think everybody that came became my ambassador to the event and to the cause. And that's how this thing grew. You had a lot of great ambassadors for this platform, a lot of great celebrities. And when you talk about perspective, you know, for those people that are really blessed with a uh, celebrity lifestyle, um, talk to us a little bit about some of these amazing, remarkable celebrity collaborations how did they come about um, and, you know, how they got involved? Well, I think that it's it's an interesting thing. I think celebrities got to get asked for a lot of favors. And I think the um, I think that the thing that we did was every time we had them, they they became part of the experience and the event. And part of my deal was I'm not going to promote who's coming. It's always going to be a surprise from Joe Montana to John Popper to uh, John McEnroe and Gronkowski. And one year after the, the Stanley Cup, uh, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. You know, I talked to uh, Tom Wilson and a good friend of mine, Wynn Sheridan, and a couple other uh, caps said, hey, why don't we, after our practice, why don't we, we'll come. And we had them surprise everybody, walk in. It was a magical moment. So I believe, you know, in part of that way of to exceed everybody's expectation, you have to keep creating those moments so, you know, it was celebrity uh, athletes during the day and then celebrity uh, musicians at night, whether it's John Popper or uh, Robin Thicke or Daya, or we had different musicians that would surprise each time. And that's the whole thing is nobody knew it was coming next. And that's part of the allure is creating this anticipation and excitement. And we always unveiled them like Rob Gronkowski was hit. Was uh, was dressed up like the DJ at the poker tournament, and uh, we had um, Fred Smoot like was uh, like I, I was up on stage. I asked Fred, "Who's the who's the toughest tight end to ever you know to ever cover?" And we he said, "You know, I it was Kelsey and this." And then he said, uh, "Gronkowski third. And then Gronkowski steps up from behind the DJ stand. And he goes, "What are you talking about?" And it, the whole place erupts. And uh, you know, we just created experiences that. Everybody, and then you know all the poker, all these celebrities sat at the poker tables, and it just was one of those 
casual fun events. And those, you know, it was a 13 hour event. So poker tournament lasted eight hours. Then the, the party lasted another seven, five, seven hours. So, I mean, Gronkowski and John McEnroe were, we had a VIP lounge afterwards and they were jamming afterwards. So, I mean, it was, it was a unique experience. And I think celebrities recognize it was, it was different. It wasn't um, a, just a step and repeat uh, type of experience. They all got connected to Kennedy and they realized what this was all about. It was, it was a unique connection point that they felt. Super awesome. And how do you believe in the end, every year the donations are getting larger and larger how is this making a difference in the lives of children and the affected families of pediatric cancer? Well, I, uh, one of the, there are a couple of different ways. Number one, the amount of money that we're raising, um, you know, I said, I always say that, um, what we raise, uh, all the money is going directly to, uh, the foundation. One thing that I, you know, we don't have any overhead costs. I cover all the overhead costs. So everybody feels, understands that the money that's raised is going directly to those donations. I was lucky enough to have um, a great director that created a media a medical advisory board of the top pediatric uh, oncologists around the country. That was my, that was my advisory group that actually selected where um, it both designed the grant, uh, the, um, the request for grants got, you know, 45 different grants every year from different, um, I mean, requests for grants from different hospitals. They did the reviews of the proposals they were the ones that helped us decide where the money went and also kept track of the progress against each of those investments. So, you know, that's one thing about making sure the money went to the right places and we were funding what was unfunded. That was my mission, create breakthroughs through with areas that are not being funded today. And then two, you know, look, every year we celebrated, um, different families that were um, either going through or had gone through the devastating effect of a child being um, uh, having cancer. And, and um, you know, I got very close with many of these families and it was uh, horrifically sad when, when one of them, the families lost their child. And I was definitely connected and I, I, I was more motivated than ever to make a difference um, every year. It just was renewing my efforts. And this uh, the charity actually was a great perspective driver in my own life. It was one of those things that made me exceptionally grateful for what, what I have and what, um, where we are in life. And uh, I think that's one of the things about being involved in us in a cause like this is always driving perspective and where you are in life and that we all can give and we all can make an impact in other people's lives. The people that have are, are in a positive situation can make a great impact in others. And, you know, I think that's one of the great things that uh, the charity allowed me to do. And I'm, I'll forever be grateful for all the people that supported my efforts. Yeah, definitely applaud that. You know, my wife is a cancer survivor a few years ago and, um, you know, initiatives like you're doing are, they, they touch people like me and my family. So really appreciate that. And especially hearing the resources that you're personally driving financially uh, to make this event occur. Talk to me a little bit about even leveraging your great experiential agency to support Chance for Life 
how did the agency get involved to amplify the impact? Well, I think that you know this is something that, as I said, we don't charge anything, uh, and all of the time is donated. And you know that's one of the things I think there's a there's two parts to this. One, I think, you know, it was more than just their day to day job that I that I asked everybody to contribute their time to, um, and it was extra work for every department, from production, creative, staffing, everybody they they put in. But I also at the same time I thought it gave us a very important uh, you know, rallying around one cause that we all would work towards and be part of and contribute to. And it, it created a great you know, pillar within the agency that everybody you know, aligned with, but also at the same time is a great learning for me as well, that everybody else, everybody has their own, you know, Thing that they want to participate or give to. And I think it opened my eyes to not just say it's it's pediatric cancer for everybody. And so we created a matching uh, program for other people that want to make a con- contribution to a charity or an effort that they they want that they're pursuing that Red Peg will match that. Because it's look, I can't just ask and say everybody it's about my my charity and my life. It's got to be about everybody. So it really was uh, an amazing thing we you know that uh, that was a rallying point uh once a year but really that was four months leading up to that year, one time a year that everybody put time towards and i think you know at the end of the day the amount of money that we're able to raise and i think everybody's very proud of you know over i think 12 million dollars over the uh life of this charity that we've we've donated so i feel like uh, everybody and every year even red peg people that have left would come back to this celebration, we'd have a little red peg uh, party um, for all the old red peggers to come back around. People flew from across the country. Uh, you know, people as 12, 13 years old ago would come back and because they knew this was a great event that they participated in with at some point. And they still are always welcome back. So I think it's a, it's a unique thing for a company to be so dedicated and have everybody not just the leader. It's not just writing a check. It's actually doing the hard work. It is a lot of hard work. And when you look at the video wrap-ups of these amazing events, all you see is the end outcome. And it's like, wow, that looks like a perfect event. I'm sure it was just <laughs> A to B to C. And there was there was no 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 hurdles, no obstacles, <laughs> no challenges. And you know, my, my listeners, they want an inside view. Give us a little bit of a taste of what are some of the challenges or obstacles you encounter when trying to develop and promote something with, you know, big name celebrities and so many, you know, just so many important people in their schedules to pull this off. Give give us a little, a quick little story of something that jumps out at you over these 17 years of a major obstacle you overcame. Wow. Well, I think I think I'll look back at uh, you know when we moved from one venue from to the MGM, I had to I had to convince the MGM to really give it to us at below cost and make this their charitable charitable event endeavor, uh, and also at the same time me going, I'm going to have to double the size of this thing, and I need to generate twice as much revenue than I've ever done before. And I think it opened my eyes that, you know, the big corporations, this is what they want to be. They want to 
connect with the community and they want to make an impact. I just need to get to the right people. But I think there's a two parts of that is one, I, I think the biggest challenge is really getting a, a large corporation a, 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 like MGM to, to buy in on making this their event. Um, and that really was just hard, hard pitching and selling. And the same thing about the brands to support this. I think, you know, I, I wanted brands or people or individuals to say, to invite others. And I built it up that way for 10 years. And so I think I just used the same model that I saw a lot of people in the government affairs space, people that wanted to entertain people. I realized that I got to just sell a table to one person. They'll bring nine other people and they're going to be proud of uh, sharing with people what they're part of. And that became my ambassador program. So, you know, look, uh, every year was a battle of how are we going to make this better? It was always how are we going to make this better? Who's going to be the right athlete or the right personality? And I think Gronkowski is a great example of like he, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Rob Gronkowski, you know, John McEnroe. These are personalities. These are bigger than life personalities. And I had to figure out who's going to be right for this room that's going to love this event. Like I had to find people that really were going to love it. So I think, you know, same thing with musicians. I had to find somebody that was touring that would stop by, not, not cost us a lot of money, but was going to play that room. So Robin Thicke was amazing. Just like he walked through the crowd. It was, it was, it was amazing. So it's really finding the right personalities that match up with the, the event as well. So I hope I rambled a little bit there for you. (laughs) No, great answer. Great answer. And, you know, over your really inspiring 20 year career, constantly innovating and one upping your productions for your clients and for chance for life. You've now dipped into the latest innovation, which who knows how you would have leveraged this if this technology was around uh, and this, this new venture Pixis, which is really in the above ground. You've, you've, you really conquered the on the ground experience and now you're moving into the, in air or above ground, can you talk to us about what is this new drone exper- uh, choreography experience business? Um, what inspired you to transition into this? Um, tell us more because this is bleeding edge stuff. It is. It is. Jason, and it is so early. I guess my point, it's just so early in this uh, in this industry. And I saw it in the Olympics. I think many people might have seen it years ago. And I was like, wow, that is fascinating. And I realized, you know, in my, in my business is the, in the experience space and the event space. And I recognized that this is going to be a game changer in the event space, or at least I thought it would be very interesting addition to the business that we do. But I, now when you see it, like I tell everybody, it's like, you have to see it to experience, to truly understand how powerful the experience is. Cause this is, 600, 800 feet in the air, 400 feet wide. It's a building. It's a building high, but it's moving and it's it's awe-inspiring. When you see this, your brain is broken. It's trying to figure out what you're looking at. So I'm talking about, a, it's a drone show business. And what we are doing right now is around the event space. And it's because less than 1% of the whole population has ever seen a drone show. Every time we do a show, it's... new people that have never seen it. And the social media 
lightning bolt that happens every time you do a drone show is tremendous because because nobody's ever seen it. Everybody wants to share it with their friends. And look what I saw. It's what all social media is about. It's sharing something that you're experienced that your friends are not at, right? That's awe-inspiring. Well, this thing is, and it, the videos don't do it justice. So I saw it. I'm like, I, this is a, a great addition to uh, our marketing experiences, but I recognize that it's very different. So it's a separate company from Redpeg. Um, completely separate, and it's it's just focused on creating the best drone show, light show experiences in the country. And we are pushing innovation uh, in the space with new drones, new software, new lighting, pyrotechnics, AR, VR, like a tremendous amount of innovation is going to happen in the space the next year and a half. But I definitely see this as a much more than just an event experience platform. This is definitely a media platform, not just for um, brands, but um, I see it as a, a way for brands to connect in a much bigger way than a traditional outdoor media. It's an outdoor media innovation, new way for brands to communi- communicate. Because look, Chase, how many times have you ever taken a picture of a billboard or a a sign on the side of a, of a, of a road and shared it on your social media ever. Not, not much. Maybe. I, I give you, I'll, I'll challenge anybody listening. Never, but this is what Never. we do. It's a 10 minute show. It's a 10 minute show that is, that has people capturing on their social media and sharing it. And so this is media, this is advertising, this is marketing and any innovative brand that wants to be out in the space and introducing themselves they need to do it in an innovative way as well. So a lot of the brands that are adopting this first are brands that want to be perceived as innovators in their space. Because if you communicate, it's all, it's all about how you communicate to your customers as much as what you say. So, and, um, you know, you're, you're diving into a bleeding edge new technology. You have to make decisions on like you said, the right software, the right drones to pick, um, the right talent, you know, what kind of challenges have you faced in exploring this new venture and trying to figure out what are the right investments to make? Um, well, first, the, you know, this is a startup. So, I mean, it's a very small team. And so uh, every person hired has got to be a... Um, got to be a little bit it's a buy it's got to buy in on where we're going you got it's it goes back to you know i've had red peg for 27 years and now starting a new one a new company sure i've been in uh and i think it it, it brings me back to the very first stages of red peg and understanding uh painting a very clear vision um hiring the right people giving them the tools to be successful having a long term view but a short sprint action like we're sprinting every day but we're very clear on where we're going so i i have a very clear vision that we share with the team and we are very clear about what we got to accomplish in the short medium and long term and making sure that we have the right team in place and we're investing in the technologies and the and that will also in the processes that'll drive efficiencies so i'm, I'm i definitely got a long-term view on this um but I know that uh, we're running fast right now. And there must have been an, a drone experience you saw, like at the Olympics, or maybe it was the Olympics, that said, 
um, like this is the next thing. What are what are some of the most memorable and standout experiences you've seen, or the ones that you've really created um, that are continue to propel? You know, you're only as good as your last engagement. So you always just like chance for life. You always have to one up yourself. Yeah. So what what have you done so far? Uh, what's what's in the pipeline that you're about to be producing? What what really excites people that the light goes on, the eyebrow goes up? when you show people what can be done. Yeah, that's great. I good good question. I think there's a there's there's a lot there. So, um when you see it I I remember uh, you know, I I I I bought in on it, but then once I saw our own show and I saw I actually brought my kids out and the amazement on their faces of little kids being blown away by this and then I walked to where our customers US Bank was and I saw the same amazement in their on their faces and their eyes I just was I'm like this is a home run I I got it it's not just it's not young kids it's old kids are as equally amazed at this and it is um the bigness of it really just converts you and I tell any customer I go once you see it you're going to thank me you're going to get it and then you're going to tell others about it. So I think our biggest, you know, we came out of the box pretty, pretty fast and we did the Super Bowl for, and we did it on top of the LA convention center for Roger Goodell is when he was cutting the ribbon for the uh, LA, um, uh, NFL live experience. As he cut the ribbon, our drones went up behind him and the media went crazy. So, I mean, I saw that was the moment that it was like, this is a big event unveil and surprise type moment. I love doing the NBA uh, for the NBA draft. And that was a whole different experience. Only 30 people were there, but they were using it as a social media launch. They just, I mean, they captured the content, put it out on social media the next day. And they said, it's one of the most successful social media posts they've ever had. They had over 500,000 likes in the first 12 Mm -hmm. hours because it was so positive. There was no haters. There was nothing negative about anything that was up there. So everybody loved the positivity of these posts. And I think that, you know, what's coming is, you know, we're, we're talking to places that want installations that a drone show can go up every night as an attraction to bring people to a certain destination. So we're talking to major installations. And then also we're excited. We were announced yesterday by the city of New York that we're going to be participating with the first, first drone shows in New York city uh, in four different boroughs in conjunction with the hip hop 50 anniversary, you know, the birthplace of hip hop, we're going to be, we've curated shows with the leading uh, hip hop artists, uh, legendary artists. And we're going to be putting on four shows that are going to be um, uh, synced to that music. Um, And it's going to be the crescendo of each of the events. The mayor is going to be, you know, we're really partnering with the mayor on this one and it's going to bring some amazing brands to life through this amazing experience. So you're talking to a diehard hip hop fan. So I got to oh, yeah? dive a little bit deeper in there. What is it like uh, Technique 1200s that are actually spinning, but they're all made out of drones? What are the, <laughs> o- what's the object in the sky well, that's, each, uh, that so connects each, with hip hop? A microphone? What's great, what's great is each borough is going to have its own unique show. So mm-hmm. each show is going to have different imagery of uh, those different artists that came from those that borough and the yes from the different turntables 
different iconic images images of from these artists. I can't give it away, but it's going to be just iconic images that everybody, when displayed 600 feet in the air, they're going to be going just wow, blown away. There's going to be, you know, I gotta it's see it to music. It's going to be synced to their music as well. So it's going to be truly spectacular. I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be, you know, break the internet type sharing. And just again, to give my audience a, a little deeper dive view, is the production process very similar to linear video where you, you sort of prototype it on, uh, you know, some sort of premiere or after effects just to give them a sense of the object and so, there's like dots that move. And yeah, so we're, it's over 500 drones at the same time creating imagery in the sky. So, and it, and they move and they transform. Think about 10 minutes of a storybook and each over 10 minutes, you're chain, turning the page, you know, eight to 12 times. And each time you turn the page is a new image. And so that's what we're, I always tell it's stories in the sky and we'll work with a client to come up with what those eight to 12 different images are, create a animation so they can actually see what the show is going to actually look like. Once it's designed, then we actually go into developing the flight paths for each of these drones so that they don't crash into each other. And that, you know, uh, it's, it's lit exactly the right way with the right colors and these drones can be seen from two, three miles away. So in the mock-ups, they're they're presented like in context of like over Queens or yes. over the Bronx, so you can really see it. Wow, exactly. It's awesome. So it's it, it, we try to look. It's it's part of the experience is showing the client what it's going to look like as close to, to possible. The simulations are dead on, and then there you know the excitement you know, of, of a, of a creator is there when you, when you see, you know, what, you know, everybody, you know, thousands and thousands of people are going to see what you created. And it's exciting. It's when you see 500 drones launch, it's, it's breathtaking. So, um, and then when you, when it happens in front of you, you're just blown away. And I think that's part of what marketers are dreaming about. How many marketers dream that a customer is going to actually take a minute to look at their ad, much less 10 minutes? So that's why I'm so excited as a marketer, not just a technical innovator, but as a marketer, you realize you got lightning in the bottle. This is something that doesn't exist today. Brands can't pay for this. Just well, US it. Bank, NFL, NBA, Hip Hop 50. This sounds like this is not much of a startup anymore. This is <laughs> this is definitely a going concern and uh, another one of your uh, very successful ventures. Uh, seems like it's more than on its way. So congrats thank on that so far. Thanks, Jason. Well, Brad, I really want to thank you for joining me on Digital Doorways today. Uh, the story on Chance for Life your success in business and this new venture, all super exciting. We wish you the best of luck. And uh, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thank Have you. Bye-bye. Bye.